This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the internet and radio ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Repent, the end is near. This message generally instills fear, panic, and dread to the soul. But for the Christian, it is an excitement beyond belief. In today's message, we're going to talk about being prepared for Christ's return to earth. Please stay with us for our message, Being Ready, Watch and Pray. As Christmas approaches, we're going to do a series of messages on being ready. I hope you'll stay with us for worship today. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you pray with me? Lord of hosts, we ask that you would speak to our hearts this day through your Holy Word, reminding us of your great faithfulness, love, and power. Oh, how we need to hear that again. Amen. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but only need on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Our reading for today is taken from Luke chapter 21, beginning at verse 25. Jesus said, There will be signs in sun and moon and stars and on the earth, distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what's coming on the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they'll see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when these things begin to take place, straighten up, raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. And he told them a parable. Look at a fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they come out in leaf, you see for yourselves, and you know that the summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you'll know that the kingdom of God is near. 
Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap, for it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the earth. Stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Dear friends, this is a time of year when people start saying to one another, Are you ready? It's coming. Ready or not, here it comes. Christmas is just around the corner. We talk about Christmas countdowns and we go to the stores and we hear Christmas carols. Traditionally, though, the Christian church calls this time of year not the pre-Christmas season, but the season of Advent. And it means so much more than simply a warm-up for Christmas Day. It's a reminder, a time to remember that Christ has come, He is coming again, and we must be prepared for Him. The one who came quietly and humbly in that little backward town of Bethlehem will arrive again in glory and power and majesty one day, the one who humbly rode a donkey into Jerusalem, being hailed as a king on Palm Sunday, will appear to us on a cloud. The first advent was the birth of Christ. It will be followed by another advent, the reappearing of Christ. Where do we get this notion? Jesus told us so. As you examine the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you find that Jesus talked freely about his second coming. In the parables, for instance, and his talks on the future. And so, in our Apostles' Creed, we've said 
through the years that we believe that he will come again to judge the living and the dead. Some people are are a little uneasy when it comes to thinking about this subject of the second coming of Jesus. I'm here to assure you that need not be the case. For the Christian, it's very good news. It should not frighten us. Instead, this is our confidence as followers of Christ. We have the big picture before us. History is not a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. The follower of Jesus Christ knows better than that. We know that history is in a very real sense his story. All of history is headed toward a grand finale of sorts, and Christ says, I'm the end. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. The world is mine. I have final word over it all. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Heaven and earth may pass away, but my word endures forever. And that really is good news. As you know, the world oftentimes will appear to us to be hopeless and dark and scary and totally out of control. The second coming of Jesus reminds us, Jesus has got this. Don't you worry. In fact, that seems to be what Jesus is getting at in his words to his disciples when he describes the second coming. It's meant to be heard more as a reassurance for them. Well, while some are uneasy about the second coming, some people are go completely in the other direction and obsess on trying to figure out when. When's it coming? They'll spend a lifetime conjecturing, speculating, and winding up disappointed and looking rather foolish, as we've seen in past history. I am acquainted with people who are great end times enthusiasts. A friend of mine said, I'm recently I'm fascinated by the end times. I love to read about it and try to figure out when it's going to happen. Someone said to me that they totally uh, see this as a hobby in their Christian faith. We must remember, though, that Jesus said it will happen unexpectedly, suddenly, like a thief in the night. He seems to be saying with these words that, that we are not simply to be sitting around speculating about his return while we wait. In our passage for today from Luke, Jesus is teaching the disciples about his second advent. He doesn't tell us when he's coming. He just assures us that it will happen and what it'll be like. He describes it as uh, signs in the sun and moon and stars, falling stars, the moon turns to blood, sun refuses to shine, uses Old Testament prophetic language like in the book of Joel. There'll be havoc, chaos. On the earth there will be the distress of nations, the roaring of the sea and the waves. There will be great fear and trembling, people fainting with fear and foreboding. Then the powers of the heavens will be shaken. There will be havoc in the sky. But then he goes on and says, And then 
they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. The Son of Man is a word used in the book of Daniel describing a messianic sort of figure from God who would come in power someday for his people. And it was one of Jesus' favorite titles that he used to describe himself as you look through the Gospels. He's a power figure. He's a deliverer. And then they will see the deliverer coming in a cloud with power, great glory, he says. Now, when these things begin to take place, he says, straighten up and raise your heads. This is a posture of hope and confidence to straighten up and raise your head. For your redemption has drawn near. Redemption. It will be a great day. Christ's return appearance is the Christian followers' hope and confidence. Help has arrived. Redemption of the body will take place, as Paul describes in the book of Romans, where he says, Our spirits groan for the completion of his saving work, receiving perfect resurrection bodies. Jesus talked about this in John 14, And I will come and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. There will be a deliverance, a final deliverance, a final redemption. The book of Revelation says there will be a new heaven and a new earth. It will be perfect in every way, just as God intended in the beginning in the Garden of Eden. People loving God and loving one another, just as he planned in the first place. Someone once said the second coming of Christ will be so revolutionary that it will change every aspect of life on this planet. Christ will reign in righteousness, disease will be arrested, death will be modified, war will be abolished, nature will be changed, and man will live as it was originally intended he should live. That's a quote from Billy Graham. That's our grand vision, you see, as we live each day as followers of Jesus, serving him and telling others about him. When it appears that the world is falling apart and out of control, or what might some describe as going to hell in a handbasket, we have this good news that Christ is going to make a second appearance, and all will be well. As someone once remarked, I've read the last page of the Bible. It is all going to turn out all right. It's like that little story that I came across many years ago about a, a man who came across some young boys playing baseball you know, out on the field, and he yelled over to the right fielder. He said, what's the score? And the young boy said, uh, 17 to nothing. And the man said, that doesn't look very good for you, does it? But the boy just smiled and looked at him and said, We ain't been up to bat yet. My friends, joy awaits us. Unimaginable joy, heavenly joy, like we have never experienced on this planet. We will be with him, and every knee will bow, and every tongue confess in heaven and on earth and under the earth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus tells us in his teaching today. Now, in the meantime, 
be ready. Always be ready for that. He offers directions for his disciples to follow while we wait for the big day of his reappearing. They don't involve just sitting around and waiting. There is to be activity, positive, healthy, kingdom activity, obedience and holiness and witness and service in his name. As he's sitting down with his disciples, uh, telling them all these things, I can't help but be reminded of of a parent giving a bit of uh, caution and warning to the young teens that they're leaving at home for a night alone for the first time, knowing how much trouble they could get themselves into, that they need some instruction. I remember my parents giving me those kinds of instructions when they would go away. He's basically telling them, this is what you're to do with yourselves. It's important, by the way, as you think about this passage, to note that this talk is to the disciple of Jesus Christ, those who have placed their trust in him. I would be remiss to not ask you at this time, have you done that? Have you come to a place in your spiritual life that you know for certain if Jesus came tonight, or if you died tonight, that you would be with him forever? Did you notice that I said earlier on that the second coming of Christ is good news for the follower of Christ? It's our hope and confidence. But this is not the case for those who stand outside of a relationship with Christ. It will not be good news. He's coming to judge the living and the dead. We do not believe in the Christian faith in a universalistic sort of thing that everybody's saved no matter what. So today is a day to ask Jesus Christ into your life if you haven't done that, to surrender yourself to his care and place your trust in him and what he's done for you. He loves you. He died for you on the cross to pay for your sins, and he rose again the first fruits of the resurrection so that you could have a resurrected eternal life with him, a restored relationship with your heavenly father. Ask him in today. Now is the time. For those of you listening today who are already involved with Jesus, following him, you've placed your trust in him, you've received that forgiveness and grace in his promises, Jesus instructs you to watch yourselves. It's important that you remain faithful, that you run a good race of faith that you be able to say, like Paul at the end of his life, I've fought the good fight, I've run a good race. Not distracted, not off on rabbit trails, gradually getting yourself further and further away from him. Jesus says, watch yourselves. He says, lest your hearts get weighed down with dissipation, which is a word for wasted living or drunkenness, carousing, totally taken up with the cares of this world, of this life, as as if there's this, this is the only life there is. It's so easy, isn't it, to wind up making idols out of good things like family or finances or 
prestige to, and, and to lose sight of the big picture and walk away from Christ, to be unfaithful to Christ in his kingdom. Jesus says, watch yourselves. Keep your eye on the ball. Focused on me. I'm coming again. Gordon MacDonald shares the following old story. He said, in ancient days, when the king of Siam had an enemy, he wanted to torment and destroy. He'd send that enemy a unique gift, a white elephant, a live albino elephant. These animals were considered sacred in the culture of that day. So the recipient of that elephant had no choice but to intentionally care for the gift. This elephant would take an inordinate amount of the enemy's time, resources, energy, emotions, and finances. Over time, the enemy would destroy himself because of the extremely burdensome process of caring for the gift. Our spiritual enemy uses the same strategy on us. Let's say you buy season tickets to your favorite sports team, but but because you still have a lot of games to go to, you no longer have time to serve in some area of ministry or to worship. Or let's say you buy a summer cottage, but now you miss weekend worship services between the beginning of May and the end of September. Or let's say you buy a health club membership to get in shape. You used to get up early in the morning to read your Bible and pray, but now you don't have time because you're working out before work. Or let's say you buy a a spot for one of your kids on a traveling sports team, and now you're too busy to join the community impact ministry of serving the poor. We need to ask, are there white elephants in our lives? Are you spending money on things to take your time away from God? The money isn't the problem. The activities aren't necessarily the problem. The problem is a white elephant gift that has pulled you away from Christ-honoring pursuits. Watch yourselves. And then he goes on to give further instructions. Stay awake at all times. Be spiritually alert that you might overcome these temptations that destroy one's faith. By the way, remember, Satan is prowling around seeking to destroy our faith, our lives, and to devour us. And he loves to use temptations like this. We need to keep our eyes wide open. And the best way to stay awake, Jesus says, is by praying. I remember he told a parable one time to encourage his disciples to keep praying. told the story about a widow who kept after an unfeeling, unjust judge for justice until he gave in to all her nagging. Pointing out, Jesus said that when you approach God in prayer, he's just the opposite of that judge who had to be nagged. He wants you to talk to him. And Jesus remarks, and yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? His way of saying, you got to keep praying. I need to keep praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Beginning with me. Jesus counted on prayer for his vigilance and strength and focus. He wants his disciples to do the same and lean heavily on daily prayer. So that's our good news of Advent. Christ is come. He's coming again, coming to take over once and for all. He who loves you, who died and rose for you, has that final word over you, and nothing can snatch you from his hand or separate you from his love. Trusting in Christ, you belong to him forever and ever. That's your hope, your confidence, your future's bright. Today, though, I appeal to you to recommit yourself this Advent season to trust Jesus in all this to use your days to further his kingdom cause by witnessing and serving in his name. 
and to pray constantly that his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Live out the rest of your days to hear him say to you when you see him face to face at the end, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for the hope that is ours in Jesus Christ. Help us to stay focused on him and to run a good race of faith until we see him again. Amen. You've been worshiping with the internet and radio ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message will help you recommit yourself to living out the rest of your days furthering God's kingdom's cause by witnessing and serving in his name until that glorious day when you will hear him say to you face to face, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. We are offering a free Advent devotion booklet to help you prepare your heart for the coming Christ child. The booklet is Peace, Hope, and Light. Reflections on the Writings of C.S. Lewis by Dr. Joel Heck. To receive your copy, please call or write our office today. 
Christian Crusaders has a rich history of broadcasting the gospel message over the airwaves every Sunday since 1936. This has only been possible through the blessings of the Holy Spirit and the financial and prayerful support of our listening family. As we approach the end of another year, we are grateful for your prayers and your financial support. Our mailing address is Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613. Our toll-free telephone number is 1-888-MY-FAITH. That's 1-888-693-2484. In the Cedar Falls, Waterloo, Iowa area, dial 277-0924. We invite you to find us on Facebook and like our page. Be sure to check us out on our exciting new website where you can find both audio and printed versions of today's program and past programs. You can also pass on your request for prayer by our staff and board of directors. Our website address is christiancrusaders.org. We are happy you chose to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting our service was the Reverend Steve Kramer pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota, and speaker on Christian Crusaders, on air and online, now in its 83rd year of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting.